We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. We have been for uh, three weeks. This is our fourth week. And this is kind of a sermon today that, that I don't think needs an introduction. Um, my introductions, if, if you don't know, if you haven't been around, if, you don't, if you're not paid attention to kind of how my sermon structure works, which you probably haven't, uh, at the beginning, like I'm just trying to let you know uh, that you have a problem and then I try to solve the problem for you and, and tell you what the Bible says about the problem. And, and I'm not making up problems. They're problems that we really have, just sometimes, you know, we don't pay attention to it. And so my goal at the beginning of the sermon is just to get you to kind of think like, oh yeah, I struggle with that, or oh yeah, that's difficult, or oh yeah, I wish that that would be better in people's lives, and kind of give like this problem that, that hopefully hits with the majority of people. That's kind of the goal. Uh, and today, like, it's not something that, that I really, I don't even have to, I, I don't need to give you much setup because you probably already know. I mean, like, here it is, ready? Um, our bodies don't work as well as we'd like them to. They're not perfect, you might, well, my body's fairly perfect. I don't know. But, uh, but I think you kind of get, right, like our bodies are not perfect. They have problems. And we realize this at a young age, like we can't do everything we want to do. There's one problem with kind of our physical makeup, our, our bodies. Uh, we just can't do everything that we wish we could do, that we want to do, that we try to do. I learned this at a young age. Uh, in kindergarten, there was uh, a a very serious conference called between my dad and my teacher because I had a big problem. I couldn't skip. Uh, I could only gallop. Uh, and no matter what I can now, thankfully, yes, uh, working hard, you know, I've been practicing for the last 30 years, uh, but, but I couldn't do it. I could just gallop and to switch those legs. I don't know. It's amazing. I turned out to be an athlete and and later, in third grade, I think, another very serious conference call. These were my big conference calls with my dad because I was a pretty nice kid. Uh, the, the next one, my handwriting was bad. Like, I just, and I couldn't do it. And I remember this, and, and my dad's a very nice guy. Uh, and I remember my dad, I can remember where I was standing when he did this. He put two dots on a, on a piece of paper because he thought, like, I just had horrible hand-eye coordination or something. Again, amazing that I became a pretty good athlete. But he's like, can you draw a line between these two points? I'm like, yes, I could draw a line between these two points. And I did it, and he's like, I don't know what your problem is then, you know. And then, and this is like a very similar story that also uh, makes my dad sound not so nice, but he really is. Uh, I, I remember uh, I, I was in my stepmom's car before my dad and her were even married. Uh, and I, see, I remember where these things happened. And I don't know if I had been singing in the back seat or what, but my dad, it's like we stop and we're parked by where the mailbox used to be. And, and my dad's like, you might just be tone deaf. That might be the reason that you can't sing. And, and so he like, he sings two notes and he says like, tell me which one's higher or lower. And he did the higher note and the lower note. I said, higher and lower. And he's that. well, that's not the problem. I don't know what it is. It was like the same thing with writing all over again. Um, and so I know, I don't know if you're like me, but I just can't do everything that I would like to be able to do. I can't dunk a basketball. I'm not quite as tall as I'd like to be. Some things just aren't perfect you know for me they're just not perfect here's another one like um our bodies deteriorate like bad things happen to them at certain points and you know this and I remember uh one of my roommates who was a little bit older than me uh not much older but this was his old 
uh, older, wise advice, I guess. He said, when you turn 25, then you're really going to notice your body slowing down and, and you'll, it'll be harder to recover from exercising and you'll, just, you'll, you'll start to notice that you've lost a step. People say it like that in sports and things like that. Uh, and it didn't happen to me. My wife would tell you, well, you, you were diagnosed with MS right after you turned 25, so maybe it did. But it didn't really happen. It started really when I hit 30 for me. Like I've started to notice in the last couple years uh, that, that I just don't recover quite as quickly. I, weirdest thing happened this week, a couple nights ago. I, I woke up like on, uh, I woke up yesterday morning. It was yesterday morning I woke up with sore abs like I had done a workout, but I had done like nothing uh, physical on Friday. So I'm hoping that I'm working out in my sleep now, like I'm doing sit-ups, but I, I woke up with like really like sore abs, like I had just done a workout and I didn't do anything on Friday that I, I know about. But you start to like notice, I mean, I was diagnosed with MS and uh, and if you don't know that story, when I was diagnosed, everything's fine now, so you don't have to give me that sad look, but, uh, but like, it, it was crazy, uh, and people who are around me, my roommate Matt, who's in the back, can attest to this, I went, like, coming right out of college baseball and, and being a good athlete to all of a sudden, like, I couldn't jump higher than this. I couldn't throw a ball and hit Brian right here in the front row. I couldn't, I couldn't run. We played this game of ultimate frisbee. It's my low moment in life when it comes to athletics. We had set up, uh, we had set up a, a competition, ultimate frisbee, with the Mormon missionaries who we had befriended quite, quite well, actually. We liked those guys a lot. They were the best Mormon missionaries ever. Um, and we had set up this game, and, and there was some jokes about playing for people's salvation and stuff even, and... And I couldn't catch a Frisbee. It would just hit my hand and go away. And it was like something, there's a problem. You know, like we, we deteriorate. And you, you hear about things, I mean, all the time. People get sick and they break things and they get older and things stop working the way that they used to work. And we kind of know, like, our bodies, they're not perfect because they break down and they have problems. And, we, I mean, everybody in our church has been sick lately. And, and you just see these Things that happen. And here's the other reason that we really know our bodies aren't perfect. And that is that people die. And I don't know if you can remember like, like when you first realized that people die. Um, and I do. Uh, I remember I, I was really close to my great grandma before she died. And my great grandma lived uh, for a long time. She lived to be 93 and she lived until I was like, I don't know, 20 seven or something, 25, somewhere in that age range. Um, and, but when I was a kid, like when I was really young, I, I remember having dreams, nightmare, I guess, a couple of times where my great-grandma died in my dreams. And nobody I loved had died to that point. I'm not even sure, really, like I really, because I was in elementary school, I'm not even sure I really like grasped, understood like death and what that all meant or anything like that. I just remember dreaming that she died, whatever that meant to me and my eight, nine-year-old mind. And I remember waking up like and crying and being sad the whole day because of this thought of like no longer being around her. Uh, my first like real encounter w with death was my dog that I had from the time I was four to the time I was 17. And it was horrible experience for me. I, I dealt with it about as poorly as you can deal with somebody dying. It was like, this thing has been here, 
and now it's not here anymore. And then my great grandma died, and we did a funeral every February for a while. We got really good at funerals. We started about about talking about doing a business, you know, because I preach, and my dad and my stepmom have some talents, and uh, and so we we started. It's like, and and we just kind of at some point in life we realize people die, and at some point I've never been the guy that like felt immortal um so i don't know but i hear a lot of people when they're young they kind of like they're immortal they're bulletproof or whatever i was never that way but but a lot of people like at some point they realize i'm going to die and it suggests the fact that our bodies are going to stop working someday that our bodies are just not perfect and that there is a problem with these physical lives and here's the thing about these problems we all wish i think we all wish that our bodies worked better. We all wish that our bodies didn't deteriorate. And we all wish that there was life forever. We work for these things, in fact. And Paul in this passage of scripture today is going to give us, I think, great news. I think this is just a fun sermon to preach. Um, it's going to be light. It's going to be easy. You don't even have to do anything when you go home except, like, I think be excited or become a Christian if you're not that. Uh, it's just a, it's a it, it, he says this thing that, it, that really matters because it, it solves this problem that we all have. I wish that my body was better. I could do more things that I want to do. I wish it wouldn't deteriorate, have problems, get sick. And I wish that I could live forever. And he's going to solve it for us, this issue, by answering a question about the resurrection. And here's where Paul begins. But someone will ask, how were the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? And then he says, how foolish. Now what we've been talking about is the resurrection of Jesus. And what we're saying in this series is that our hopes, our deepest Uh, hopes, the things that we long for somewhere in our souls, they all hang on if Jesus got out of the grave. And in this passage of scripture, Paul is trying to prove to this church in Corinth, people do rise from the dead. And we know that because Jesus rose. And if Jesus didn't rise, this is what Paul has been saying, if Jesus didn't rise, then your hopes are hopeless. So far, what we've seen, if you haven't been here, if you want to get caught up to speed, is he first said, if Jesus didn't rise, then Christianity is not true. And we kind of filled in some blanks and said, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we cling to, that we cling to on the basis of Christianity. Like women have the same worth and value as men. Like people should have dignity and that people should be, all people should be respected and loved and taken care of. Uh, like the idea that God cares about you and that God loves you and that God isn't just gone and saying good luck down there. Uh, like the fact that we can pray and somebody hears this is all based on Christianity and the men who wrote the documents that got put together and became the Bible. And all of those guys said the same thing. Jesus got out of the grave. And so if Jesus didn't get out of the grave, we don't know if anything that we kind of have Western civilization founded on is actually true. Maybe you have no value or worth. Maybe people shouldn't be treated equally. Maybe you should have no rights if Jesus didn't get out of the grave. But we believe that Jesus got out of the grave. And then we saw this other thing, like if Jesus didn't get out of the grave, then there is no forgiveness for our sins. Then the thing that you did wrong 10 years ago or yesterday or whatever that you felt guilty about, you knew intrinsically you did something wrong, you're not forgiven for that. 
You're in your sin. You're guilty. You're under that sin still. And therefore, as Paul showed us, you have no eternal life to look forward to. There's nothing good after this life. The, the highest point you'll ever be at is the point you're at right now. Because if you have no forgiveness, then you're not going to have life after this one. And then Paul declared quite emphatically, and by the way, if Jesus rose, then you can have purpose. Because you know that it's not just about this life with this deteriorating body that's eventually going to be in a grave. But you can do things that matter for eternity that will go on and on and on and on. Paul has just said quite clearly this church in Corinth and therefore us because it was recorded for us in the word of God. If Jesus didn't rise, you have big problems. But Jesus did rise. And so all of this is true. And now here's the problem. People have this rejection. They, the church in Corinth is full of people that, that are buying into the societal lie that people don't ever get out of the grave and therefore Jesus didn't rise. Nobody rises again. And one of the objections is what we read in this first verse, and it's really a mock. They're really mocking Paul. It's the mock that he knows he's going to get. Okay, Paul, you say people rise, but let me ask this question. How do they rise? And let me ask an even more important question. With what kind of body will they What they're saying is this, like, basically, good one, Paul. People get out of the grave. Uh, have you ever seen a body that's been decomposed, Paul? Like, what are these people? Are, are we going to have zombies running around someday? I mean, is it going to be like walking dead up in heaven, you know? I mean, Paul, come on. Like, we see that people die. They go down in the ground, and their body deteriorates. And so, good one. It'd be awesome if all that, those things that you just said are true. But come on, dude. Like, yeah, that's going to be gross. That's kind of what their point is. Like, yeah, we'd like to believe that. That's what they're going to say. But don't be ridiculous because we know, I mean, we're scientific in the Romans. I mean, they were smarter than anybody that had ever existed. I mean, and they actually were smarter than anybody who had ever existed. And so they're like, hey, we, Paul, that, this is kind of what we get now, right? Like, hey, that, that theory was great like 50 years ago, man, but act like you've learned something, you know? Act like you're up with modern society Bodies decompose, yuck, they can't really get out of the grave. And so Paul is answering this question, this line of mocking that the people in the church are apparently already giving. Paul knows it's going to come at least at some point. And this is what he says. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. Paul, writing under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, goes to this kind of natural idea, this natural metaphor, this thing that we can understand. And it's simply this. When we plant a seed, a giant seed doesn't come out of the ground. The seed goes away, decomposes, I don't know how it all works, and then we get something else, a plant. We get a tree. We get something different. And Paul is saying, I'm giving a great metaphor, really. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic metaphor. And, and, and he says, look, when you go into the grave, when you die, you don't come out like a giant decomposed seed. You already know from the natural world that when something goes into the ground, it comes out as something different. And Paul's point, really, is when you come out of the grave, you are going to come out in a different way. 
When you are resurrected at the return of Jesus or in your death, you are going to come out different. Not like you were before. You're not going to have the same decomposed body. You're not going to come up out of the grave with dirt on you. You're going to rise as something else. Not the most radical thing Paul says. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. We're going to be different. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. We're going to be different like a plant. But I would like to kind of point out, just for me, maybe you won't connect. Maybe this won't grasp you the way that it grasped me. But like, there's a ton of hope in that. Because we, we just think of like, death is the end, right? I mean, don't we, we kind of like, someday I'll get to the end. But Paul says like, for Christians, we can look at death in a different way. We can look at it as being planted so that one day we might rise again, so that we might become something different, something better, he'll say to us in a second. It seems like even the strongest Christians, even people who really believe the Bible, who say things like, this isn't goodbye, it's all, see you later, or they're in a better place, we still view death as the end. And what Paul does is he says, look, here's this metaphor to say we're going to be different. But in my mind, at least when I read this, it really grasped me because it says, actually, this isn't the end. It's just the steps so that you can be something better, something cooler, something more valuable, something neater, something more like a plant and less like a seed. And so I guess the first thing as you look at this and, you, and you're going to walk away and hopefully get something from the sermon today is, is simply that, like, Death is not the end for Christians. Death is a step so that we might become something better. When we die, it's not that the body has just ended and we're done. It's that this body has been planted and and we get to sprout into something new and better. I think that's cool. Do you think that's cool? A little bit, maybe, kind of, yeah. So I got a few head shakes, which is good. It's no amen. And he continues... But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds another and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another and the stars another. And stars differ from star and splendor. Paul again. Not the most profound thing he's ever says. He says, when you rise again, you're going to be different. And it's not brain surgery. It's not rocket rocket science is what Paul is saying. He says, we look around and people have different bodies. You don't have the same body as a lizard. So Paul says, I mean, the Grand Canyon does not look like a river. It has a river in it, but it doesn't look like a river. You don't pull up a picture of the Grand Canyon and go, oh, it looks just like a river. It's different. You don't say, oh, a tree. It looks just like my dog. And you don't do that. You realize that different people, different species can have different bodies. And Paul is simply saying, hey, look, okay, you're talking about how you're going into the grave and, you know, is that going to be gross or how are we going to raise? But, hey, look, great argument, whatever. But we're going to be different. This is the moon and the sun are different you'll be different just as the stars are different from the rocks that we have on earth you'll be different and notice here and i like this paul doesn't here discredit our bodies he doesn't say like your body's terrible and someday you're gonna you're gonna be something great 
And Paul does that in other places. The body seems worse in other places in Paul's writing, but not here. And I actually like it because he says this body has a certain type of splendor. And, and I think that that is true. I mean, think about our bodies. They're pretty incredible that they work at all. My wife has a human being growing inside of her right now. She ate it. And no, we're, we're having a baby. And, and that, that is weird and kind of like splendid in some ways. Isn't it like crazy that that works? And then this is, it, they come out, I hear, uh, and that's even crazier to me that that works. Like that that can happen in any way that keeps a person alive and like it, it just, it's, it's just a crazy thing. I mean, the fact that, that we can think the way that we do and, and, and have the logic that we have and, and make the decisions that we make. And I was in an NBA basketball game last night, um, and, and you watch those guys, and there's something splendid about it. They're, they're incredibly athletic, and they're freakish, and their, their athleticism, it's amazing. And, and so Paul says, hey, look, and a lot of people, if you, if you pay attention to life, all we want to do is keep this body, and Paul says, hey, this body has some splendor. There's some really cool things. God created them, and they're pretty good. But the other body, the body that you will have someday, has a different type of splendor. So don't worry about this kind of theoretical, stupid argument about, well, how are we going to raise? You know, what kind of body are we going to have? Just recognize this. It'll be different than the one we have right now. He continues. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that, and this is the great part, ready? Just pay attention to what Paul says here because it's so good. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in natural body, it is raised up a spiritual body. Paul says this, if you're a Christian, this is what he's been getting to. If you're a Christian, then you believe Jesus rose from the grave. That he got off the cross, went into a tomb, and the tomb opened up, and Jesus was alive. That's what you believe. And therefore, if you believe that, then you ought to believe that you will be the second fruits, that you will follow Jesus in that, and that you will rise. And you might argue, well, what's that going to look like? But Paul says it's going to be different. And here's the cool part. He doesn't just say it's going to be different. He says it's going to be better. Everything that is wrong with the bodies that we have right now is going to be fixed for those of us who are Christians. When we get buried, we get planted, and we rise again as something else, something different. He says, first, it is imperishable. Your current body's perishable. It will perish someday. But he says, our future body will be imperishable. That means that, that we won't deal with cancer like it seems like everybody is dealing with we won't have all the ailments that we that we that make us hurt that we struggle with that cause us pain we won't get sick we won't deteriorate because they'll be imperishable we and i'm going to get in trouble for saying this but we have this pumpkin on our back porch for longer than we would like to admit um and, and it just kind of sat out there and um and the pumpkin was out there and and it didn't start to look better that's the weird part about the pumpkin it just started to get gross right i mean over time the pumpkin got grosser and grosser and grosser and grosser because things in this world deteriorate i think that's one of the laws of physics actually things naturally will go bad 
And that's our bodies. But Paul says in this resurrection body, once you've been planted, once you've died or Jesus has returned, then you're going to have a body that will not perish, that won't get gross, that won't go downhill. That's incredible. He also says this, that our bodies will be raised in glory. You see, right now our bodies are not quite as glorious as we would like them to be. I would like to look like one of the Greek statues. I don't. Never did. I would like to blame age for that one, but I never did. I just kind of look like a skinny guy. You know, I mean, that's all I look like. But Paul is saying like, someday your body's going to be glorious. I don't know if that'll mean super big muscles or whatever, but it means that, that the things that kind of we get hung up on, the, the inability to skip, the inability to sing, those kind of things that, that just don't work the way that we'd want them to work, those are going to go away. We're going to be able to do the things that we should be able to do. Like fly, I hope. Right? I mean, we're going to be able to do the things that God originally intended for us to be able to do. Our bodies are going to be glorious in a way that they are not currently glorious. And we'll get to some of that in in just a second. And then he says that our bodies will will be powerful. They'll be raised in power. Our current bodies are weak compared to what they will be. I think of this as human beings. It's a nice thing to know because we're like, we're like, not that powerful compared to other animals, right? I mean, like, we're no T-Rex or anything like that. I mean, my dog, if he wanted to, I don't tell him this, but he could just get my jugular and end me, right? I mean, we're really not that powerful in our bodies at this point as human beings. And sometimes we're so unpowerful, so weak, that, like, you hear these stories of these crazy, random, weird things killing people or paralyzing people or hurting people so that they deal with something for the rest of their lives that they woke up never thinking they would have to deal with. And Paul says like, when we're resurrected, this different thing is going to be powerful. It's going to be more powerful than what we have now. Now just pause. Ready? I want you to, hear, I want you to pay attention to this. What every person wants are for these three things to be true. We want bodies that are imperishable. Just look at every infomercial. It's like about staying alive longer and looking younger and not getting older and pushing back your your, your death date or whatever it might be. I mean, we are obsessed in this country with living longer. And we are obsessed with having glorified bodies. I mean, we glorify people's bodies all the time, right? I mean, it's, you're just inundated with it. You see a billboard, you turn on a movie, you get on Facebook. Everywhere we see people with the perfect bodies. We're absolutely obsessed with this idea of having a glorious body. And we're obsessed with being powerful. People want to be stronger, you know, especially men, like we want to be stronger and, and we feel inadequate if we're not stronger and we just wish we were and people go to the gyms and I mean in Wilsonville we have, we have two gyms. It doesn't seem like we'd be big enough. Nobody goes to them it seems like but we have two gyms because people want to be more powerful and stronger and Paul says, oh, let me tell you what the real hope is. The real hope is in the fact that Jesus got out of the grave and if you become a Christian, You say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again according to scriptures for my sins and that he, and then you give him your life. You say, Jesus, I'm yours. I don't care if I like everything you say. I don't care if I am perfect yet. I'm going to give you me and I'm going to follow you and live for you and build my life around you and based on you. Then you can have the glorious, 
powerful, eternal body that you want. Body. Paul's talking about a body. Something physical. I mean, we, I think we have this, again, all dogs go to heaven or whatever it is that makes you picture like some floating white cloud. I mean, this, we're talking, Paul's talking about a body. You're going to have a body that will last forever, not get older. You have a body that is powerful and glorious. This is good news. If you don't think you're strong enough, or you don't think you're good looking enough, or you think that someday you're going you're gonna to die too soon and you're worried about all that, this is great news because Paul says that the key to fixing these issues is to become a Christian because if Jesus got out of the grave, we will get out of the grave too, and Jesus did get out of the grave. Bigger news, great news. This, is, this is, gets even better. This is fantastic because... Because this is not going to be like super boring. We're going to have some superpowers, I think. Listen to what he says next. Oh, he says it's spiritual. And we go, well, what does that mean? What does a spiritual body look like? Because we've never seen one of those, right? I mean, what is that? And I think we get a little bit of the answer in this next kind of passage here, this next part of this passage. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man can't, excuse me, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Here's what Paul is saying. If you're alive then you came from the lineage of Adam. You've heard of Adam and Eve. They're famous. You came from their line, if you're alive. You were in the line of this first person ever created, a guy named Adam. You're like his great, 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 got to go down a long ways, grandchild. And, and, and we're, all, we're all connected to this guy named Adam. And as we are connected to Adam as human beings. There's this thing called death. We're all going to do it because we all have the natural body that Adam had when God created him and Adam chose to sin. But, Paul says, if you are in Christ, if you become a Christian, if you believe according to the scriptures that Jesus died and rose again for your sins and you give Jesus your life, then you are in Christ and you will have a spiritual body as Christ had a spiritual body as Jesus had a spiritual body. And he says even that we will bear his image. And here's the cool part. The heavenly man being Jesus. And here's, this is so great. This is so great. Because Jesus died. He rose again. And the New Testament, the Bible, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where it talks about Jesus rising again, it didn't just stop. It actually talks about Jesus for a little while being on earth, hanging out in his spiritual body, his heavenly body, his new body, the body that he still has in heaven. And it tells us these cool things that I love, that I really, really love, and it makes me glad I'm a Christian, and I think it should make you want to be a Christian if you're not. And if you're a Christian like me, you should be excited because we don't just look forward to floating on a cloud. We look forward to a physical body that is imperishable and is glorious and is powerful. And we look forward to being like Jesus after he rose again. Let me tell you some things that we know about Jesus when he resurrected from the dead. First of all, he recognized his friends and he was recognizable to them, at least when he wanted to be. That's big, right? That's like the first question people ask about heaven. The first question people ask is, 
Will I know my loved ones in heaven? Will I know my friends in heaven? Will I be able to say hi, like, hey, good to see you, you know, to the people that I've loved and cared about in this life? Well, when Jesus rose again, he recognized people, at least when he wanted to. There is a story, and this is cool too, like there's a story where Jesus is unrecognizable. And I would like that talent in heaven. You know, like, oh man, I wasn't looking forward to seeing them today. Um, you might be cooler in heaven, I'm hoping. But you know, like, oh, and just kind of get unrecognizable. for That would be cool, right? Like, I'm going to look like somebody else today. But, but we see that the disciples, at least when Jesus wanted them to, recognized Jesus. That's cool. I like the idea of being able to know the people that I know in heaven. That someday the people I've lost will be there when I get there. And they'll go, hey, it's Chad. He's here. And I'll go, watch this trick. can't recognize me anymore. And we'll have a, have a happy little moment together. That's awesome. And so if you've ever wondered, will, they recognize, will I be recognizable in this resurrected body? The answer seems to be yes. Because Paul says, we are like the heavenly man. We are like Jesus in our resurrected bodies. This is big. This is really important, this next one. Jesus eats. I love eating. My idea of vacation is eating well. Like, I, I've always said this. If I got rich, I would, I would the, only, the only big thing that would change, I would probably get one new car because our car is going to die anytime soon. It's very perishable. But, but I would never eat at home again. I would just eat out all the time. And I would eat at different places, and I would spend a large amount of money on food. I would I would I don't care about having a giant new TV or a giant house or anything like big house, but I would just I would eat out everywhere and I would eat really good food. And so it's important to me that when I get to heaven someday, I'm going to be able to taste stuff. Like I just I just picture like I'll be able to walk in. We had these the, my favorite tacos on Saturday with some old church people, some old friends who moved away. They're in McMinnville, the greatest tacos in the world. And it's like this outside food cart, but now they've covered it. And you walk in there and you want to just say like, this smells heavenly because I think, I'm hopeful that when I get into heaven, the tacos will be there. And really, and, and, this, and I'm going to be able to eat them because Jesus eats fish. I know that. I'm going to be like Jesus. And I'm going to have one of those fish tacos. If you get nothing else from the sermon, then you fish tacos in heaven, and it's going to be fantastic. I think it's a big deal, because if I'm floating on a cloud, again, all dogs go to heaven. Every time I talk about heaven, I just think about it, and he's up there, and he's bored. But if he was up there, and he was bored with a taco, I think that dog would have been pretty happy, and he wouldn't have come back to earth. And so when we get to heaven, it seems when our bodies rise again, we will be able to eat, and I'm guessing the food's going to be pretty good. Jesus talks. That's kind of important. I like my relationships. I think that having good friendships is one of the things that makes this life really kind of fun, makes it uh, worth doing most days, is that uh, even in church, when I've talked about this before, but when we get here and we set up and stuff, one of the things that makes it tolerable every week is talking to people and enjoying that we're doing it. And if, if we just somehow just lost our ability to talk, it would be boring. But, but Jesus talks. Jesus talks. And, and that's cool. And we get to have relationships and hang out with people. I really like this one too. Jesus has a campfire. I hate camping. I hate it with the passion. There is one great thing, glorious thing about camping. Campfires. They're great. They're better if you can just be in somebody's backyard and sleep in a house. But, but campfires are great. And Jesus has one with his friends. I've, like, 
Who doesn't want to go to heaven where I have a glorious, powerful, awesome body? I get to have some food, and then I get to sit around roasting marshmallows. I mean, this is fantastic that we get to have campfires when we are resurrected. I like this one a lot, too. Not only could Jesus become unrecognizable, a great superpower, Jesus teleports. You kind of laugh, but that's incredible. I mean, think, I say this all the time. I'm not a big traveler, primarily because I don't like to travel. I like being places. I really do. It's great. I kind of joked about how I wouldn't care to see the Eiffel Tower a couple weeks ago. It'd be great to see the Eiffel Tower. I don't want to have to deal with France. You know, I don't want to have to get there. I don't want to have to buy a passport. I don't want to have to get in an airplane. I don't want to have to figure out their train system. I don't want to have to learn a new language. If I could just teleport, show up, Eiffel Tower, awesome. I would take some great Instagram pictures. It would be a great day. You'd be liking my pictures on Facebook. I would love that. And Jesus seems to have this power. He just goes from one place. I mean, just think about like if our earth is recreated in the way that it's now without any of the problems, because the Bible says that we won't live in heaven for eternity. We'll actually live on a new earth for eternity. Uh, I don't know if that's a newsflash to you, but we'll live on a new earth that God has recreated. Let's just say he makes it like this one, but without the problems and the struggles and the sin, and it doesn't deteriorate. Can you imagine? Like, hey, I'm going to the Grand Canyon right now. Boom, done. This sermon's not going well. I'm out of here. Eiffel Tower. You know, I mean, like, like, wouldn't that be great? I, that would be incredible. Hey, you guys want to go get some crab in San Francisco? Oh, if I could just get to the Franciscan crab market in San Francisco right now, that would be awesome. If I could be in Disneyland right after church today, incredible. The worst part about doing ministry in Oregon is that I can't go to Disneyland every day. Uh, it's the only part I don't like about doing ministry in Oregon, actually, is that I can't go to Disneyland every day. But if I could, that would be great. I'd love to be able to go see my cousin in Atlanta right right now. Just bam, I'm there. No big deal. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Stone Mountain in Atlanta. Great place. Love to be able to just teleport and be on top of it. That would be incredible. I don't know. Like we go, it seems if Paul's right, and I think Paul's right, and we're going to be like Jesus in our resurrected body, then we'll be able to go where we want to go when we want to go there. No more of this traveling stuff. That makes me want to be a Christian. Right? I mean, I am excited that someday I'll be able to do that. And then this last thing, not quite as cool. Jesus goes through walls. I like the concept. There's some things I'd like to do that I'm just too scared to do. I would like to, like, go skydiving, I think. I think that'd be cool. I, I'm not worried about heights in life. I'm just worried about hitting a ground, the ground at the end. If I just, like, have an ability to go through the ground, that's way better, right? If I, oh, that would be great. Like, if, if I didn't have to go around things ever, I would like this. This would be cool. And Jesus, apparently, I mean, they have the room locked up, and, and Jesus just walks in through the wall. That says something about a resurrected body that's going to be cooler than this body, because I can't walk through walls. I've ran into walls, and it's not that fun. But if I could go through walls then everything changes, man. I mean, like, everything is shorter and better. What Paul's getting at, and I think it's important, and we kind of smile and you kind of laugh and you go, well, never thought about that, never really cared about that. But what we have to look forward to 
as Christians, because of the resurrection, is eternal life, right? And we all want that. And we talk about eternal life. But it's not just like I live forever, because I think that's how people kind of just think of it. Or, you know, and then we got streets of gold. I don't care about streets of gold. I'm not a big gold guy. I prefer silver or white gold anyway. And so the whole concept of streets of gold, which I think is just metaphorical in the book of Revelation, say awesome, by the way, if you didn't know that, just awesome. That's what Revelation is trying to get to. I'm a minimalist in my design philosophies anyway, and so all those jewels and stuff, it's like, oh, just give me a blank wall with some cool painting, you know? Like, it's all to say awesome. And when we think about being a Christian and what we have to look forward to in the resurrected life, it's awesome. It's not just eternal life, it's glory. Paul says, if Jesus didn't rise, you don't rise. And if you don't rise, you don't have the hope of glory. But if Jesus rose, then you, as a Christian, if you are a Christian, can look forward to an eternity that is absolutely glorious. Listen to what Paul says. I just I'll, um, This is the end, Philippians 3, 20 through 21. He says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. Listen to this. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. You don't have to raise your hands for this question, but this is the question. How many of you eagerly await the day that you will meet Jesus? Either by him coming back or by your death. And it's not very many, and I think it's not very many, because you go, oh, it's going to be boring someday. I used to say things like this. I did, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed of this. But I used to say things like, yeah, I want Jesus to come back. I just want to be married first. Why does marriage matter? If I get to go anywhere in the world that I want to go and be in relationships with people that are perfect and I'm never going to be sick or have any problems, it just no matter. People say like, oh, you know, I just want to, kind of grow up and see what I'll become like. Who cares what you'll become like? You should want to like be able to teleport. That would be incredible. What you become like is not that good compared to teleportation. It's just not that good. And Paul got it. He got it. He interacted with the resurrection, resurrected Jesus and he got it. And he goes, for me to live as Christ, something hangs on my wall, for me to live as Christ but to die his gain because when I die I'll have a different body a resurrected body that is powerful and perfect and I will be able to do things that I cannot do now and enjoy relationships in a way that I cannot enjoy them now I will be glorious if you're not a Christian become one because you want that glory and if you are man get excited for me to live as Christ but to die is gain will you pray with me Lord I thank you that we have this promise to look forward to because you got out of a grave because you were the first fruits and not the only fruits because you were the first to rise from the dead and not the only one to rise from the dead god i pray for every person who is here this morning and every person who will listen online lord i pray that they would become excited pumped thrilled for the day that you come back so that they may have the glorious body that you have promised us.
Jesus, if any person here doesn't know you as their Savior, if they don't believe in the resurrection, if they haven't given you their lives, then I pray that you would change that and you'd work in their hearts. And for those of us who do, Lord, I pray that we would eagerly await your coming because we look forward to a day where our bodies are much, much better than what we have now. And God, whenever we have pain or whenever we think about death or whenever we struggle to not do something that we just wish we could do, I pray that you would just bring back to our minds you have something better to look forward to. Lord, we wait for that, and we thank you for that, and we pray these things in your holy name. Amen.